What do you do when a guy named Dr. Labcoat rents you a room for $28 per night in an illegal hostel, but the room is actually a kitchen and you're staying with a guy that shot the guy that was sleeping with his girlfriend? Is that a joke? No, that's my first week in New York, and I'm going to tell you how I've been doing the last few months. Next on I Hate Everyone. Hello, people. It is I, RJ, the only 23-year-old black magician from Wisconsin. What a combination. Currently living in New York, and it has been months. It has been months since I have sung my beautiful podcast from the mountaintops, but today I am coming back. I am coming back and better than ever as the only 23-year-old black magician from Wisconsin who's currently the director of the Houdini Museum of New York and featured in the New York Times and New York Fox and NBC. If you don't believe that shit, search RJ the Magician because I'm hot in the fucking streets right now. But we're not talking about that today. I definitely want to make a podcast about how you can get in the New York Times because I always knew I would get in the Times because I'm really good with press. If you haven't listened to my other podcasts, if you don't know that I love media from these podcasts, I went to school for communication. I always knew it would happen and I had a plan for as soon as I came to New York to get in the New York Times. And you like might not believe me, but I've only been here fucking three months. So it's definitely a process and I'm definitely going to highlight this one day. Maybe not on my podcast, but a different podcast for all you guys trying to get out there and get a little attention for your art or whatever you're doing but today I'm going to tell you guys about how I moved to New York because I moved to New York with a thousand fucking dollars you know what that means that means I moved to New York with basic my shoes cost like 60 bucks each so I moved to New York being able to buy less than like 10 pairs of shoes so or actually maybe a few more more than 10 pairs of shoes if you do math correctly however I moved to New York I keep take a shot every time I say New York. Shit, I just said it again. I moved here with so little money, and I really didn't know if it was going to work out. However, I try to live by the philosophy that I don't like to worry. Because when you worry, you stress twice. I can't remember where I heard that. It's very hip-hop sentiment. But when you worry, you worry on the way to worrying, and then you worry the day of the worry if that makes sense. So I try not to do that. And especially when moving here, I knew I had a little bit of money. Now, I don't even want to even say enough because to get like an Airbnb, it's like $125, like minimum. That's like a good price in New York. So I knew I only had about 10 days worth of savings, but I had a lot of friends that let me couch surf and that shit was hard. Like, let me tell you that, like, it sounds fun. That shit is hard, especially when you're in New York. You have to go up and down fucking hills. You're on buses. You're taking your, like, suitcase over homeless people. You have to, like, eat ramen noodles because you can't buy fresh produce. And then that, that shit's difficult. So I'm going to tell you my journey of how I got to New York, what I did once I got here, how I found a job, all the jobs that rejected me, and now I like post on LinkedIn right now because I'm like, I'm fucking hot in the streets, bitches. You should have hired me. Like, they don't really care, but it made me feel a little bit better, you know, getting a few likes on LinkedIn. And then I'm going to tell you how you can move here and what I wish I would have known if you want to move here. If you don't want to move here, imagine New York is any city where you want to live because it's not really that different. You know, everyone kept saying, you'll find work in New York. It's not hard to find work in New York, but it is fucking hard to find work in New York and mainly a place. So why is it so hard to find a place in New York? I'll tell you. Number one, we're getting into it right away. Number one is you can follow me on Instagram at RJTheMagicCan. None of you bitches follow. Actually, I'm starting to get a few more followers on Instagram, but I definitely need to break a thousand. So you guys need to help me get to a thousand. So go to RJTheMagicCan, like that shit, and 
tell your friends to like like my highlights my highlights are the best part about my instagram moving on the first thing i did when i got to new york is i had about fifteen hundred dollars and the reason i only had about fifteen hundred dollars was because i was making a lot more in china but i ended up missing my flight you might be like well how the fuck do you miss a flight to china don't you get there early yes i left four hours early i was staying at my friend eric's house in queens which is astoria but they had some weird construction going on so i couldn't just go on the train i had to take this fucking bus to a train and i was like you know what i have enough time i'll do like what if i miss it it doesn't matter got on the wrong fucking bus i get on the wrong fucking bus and then i have to get off the bus and get on the right bus and i get to the bus and i give them my bus pass or not my bus pass my metro card sorry i was talking about i was talking wisconsin style this new york give him my metro card because you use your metro card to get on a bus and he goes what are you doing and i'm like what and he goes you need money and i'm like oh shit so I reach in my pocket and I pull out my money and he goes, it's exact change only. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, exact fare or exact fare only. Where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Wisconsin. And he goes, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's like, no, you're not. Because in Wisconsin, they have exact fare too. And in Wisconsin, they do the same thing we do. And I'm like, no, in Wisconsin, Mr. Rude Bus Driver, we drive cars. And he looked at me and I looked at him and he went, <laughs> get in here. And he let me in. That was my bad New York accent. But he basically let me in for free on this bus. And that was my first experience with the New York asshole. You know, the New York asshole is a different type of person. It's just a dude that's going to razz you up a little bit and yell at you, even though you guys are kind of friends. And I see it all the time. I never know when a fucking fight's going to break out in New York. It's wild because these people get super heated and get all up in their face. They get in like your face or someone else's face and they like start laughing and they pat each other on the back and it turns out they're actually like fucking brothers or some shit like that. So that's basically New York for you. So I get on this bus I get on this bus and I'm going to JFK airport. So I get in, I go to Times Square lugging this huge ass suitcase, this fat ass 50 pound suitcase, lugging it through Times Square, get into the train station and I get on the train. It shouldn't be that hard, right? You just ride 40 minutes in one way and I end up taking the wrong train. Now, how wrong was this train? This train was so wrong that this was not a train that goes forward or back or side to side, but it is a train that goes back and forth. I got on a train with my headphones at 5 a.m., a little bit high. (laughs) I was going back and forth through the subway because that subway was so large, that station was so big, they needed a train just to take you to another part. And I was on that bitch for 40 minutes before I realized I was going back and forth. And you might be like, shit, you're dumb. And yes, I was dumb, but New York is difficult. And I did not understand the subway lines because I was not there for longer than like two days ever in my life. So I did not think, I did not fathom that there could be a subway station so big that you needed a train to get through like it was a fucking Macy's. I had no idea. So I was literally like sitting there like, hey man, the guy next to me, is this going to JFK? He goes, no, this goes back and forth. And I was like sitting there stunned that I could be so dumb for 40 minutes. So then I ended up getting on a train to get to the right station, got to the station to get to one more stop, which was the airport. And that train was delayed. The train was delayed by like 20 minutes. And I got to the airport 15 minutes too late. It was closed. And when I say it was closed, I mean, they like pack up for China. They pack up and fucking leave. So 
that's essentially how I missed my flight, which is the reason why I didn't have any money coming to New York because I had to pay thousands for a new flight to China the same day, which was incredible. So I come back from China and I need somewhere to stay. I have a thousand dollars. I have a few friends that'll let me stay because I used to work at a summer camp upstate. I used to teach magic classes. So I had a lot of kids that I used to take care of that are now grown. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can stay. But in New York, the unsaid rule is that you can stay for three days. You can stay for three days and then you have to leave because no one has enough space for you. And like, that's cool and all. But like, I felt like my life kind of depended on it. So it made me slightly sad that I couldn't stay anywhere a little bit longer because like when you like don't have any money and like a place to stay, you you kind of need that shit. But at the same time, I definitely knew I didn't have money or a place to stay. So that was definitely my fault because I could have started saving up years ago, but I didn't because apparently I hate myself and I wanted to be borderline homeless. So what do you do when you have no money? What do you do when you have nowhere to go? You go on Craigslist. That's what you do. And you try to sell your body, but if that doesn't work because you're a man, then you might have to go to an illegal hostel because for some reason, hostels are illegal in New York. And they have a few hostels. Like they have a few places they call hostels, like relatively cheap hotels, but they're not real hostels because a real hostel, if you don't know what a hostel is, it's basically like a hotel where they put a bunch of people in the same room to save money so you can stay somewhere for like 25 bucks. You know, that's a real hostel. But in New York, all the hostels are like 150 bucks. They're kind of just like fake hostels. So essentially, what I had to do was I had to go to a illegal hostel on Craigslist. And I didn't know it was an illegal hostel. I thought it was just like a place to sublet for a little bit. But it was literally $28 per day. And I was like, this is incredible. I found such a deal. But it looked so sketchy. So I told my friend, I was like, I was staying in Queens at the time. That's where um, the hostel was. And I told my friend, I said, listen, if I don't text you in the next hour, please send someone for me because I might die because this might be a trap house. I get to this hostel after taking this long 40 minute bus. And when I get there, I see this man, an older, probably Israeli man around the ages of around the age of 35 maybe he was wearing a full suit coat and a tie and a lab coat now this sounds fake but you can go on my fucking instagram highlight story because i took a picture this man is wearing a lab coat and it's in a house it's like a house a big house with maybe like 15 rooms in it and it has this like dark dingy moldy kind of smell but it's kind of nice in an unexpected way like it wasn't nice but it was nice for what i was expecting and there's this really big tv on the walls because they tried to make it like a lobby but it was really just a place with like water and a tv and this guy wearing a lab coat and i later found out that they called him dr lab coat <laughs> everyone who worked there called him dr lab coat because he wasn't even a doctor or it wasn't related to anything in the medicine field. But I think what had happened was he was promised kind of like, a this is this is very sad. I shouldn't assume this. And I hope you guys don't think this is like um, ethnocentric, like I'm valuing my culture over his. However, I think what he was promised was a fancy American job, you know, where he would work at a hotel and where he would be able to wear like a coat every day. So he came to, you know, America with these lab coats and he ended up like wearing them to be as this front desk concierge at a $28 a night hostel where he did fucking 
everything. But I'll get into that in a second. So I see this guy and I say, excuse me, like I'm here to check in because I had to check in over the phone. They said, call. And I called and the guy said, just show up after two. And I was like, do I need anything else? Show up after two. And I was like, okay, tight, bro. Like, nice. Thanks a lot. So I hang up the phone. I show up after two. See this guy in the lab coat, Dr. Lab Coat, as we will now refer to him. And he says, you have to wait for the manager. And I was like, I talked to the manager. He said I could check in. And the guy goes, sorry, wait for the manager. So an hour goes by. And I look up and I'm like, well, where is he? Sorry, wait for the manager. You must wait for manager. Two hours go by. Three hours go by. Now, mind you, I have nowhere else to go. I'm staying at a friend's house, but I have to be out by the third day. So I have nowhere else to go. I'm like, please, like, where's this manager? He's coming. This guy is sweating now because there's a line of people waiting to check into this hostel. Some people that already have previous arrangements, but he just goes, you have to wait for manager. Manager. This guy speaks zero English, just the word manager. So throughout the night, different people come in, go behind the register, check the cameras, go on the phone. None of these motherfuckers are the manager. And I'm like, where is this fucking dude? I forget his name, but it was something like very like comical. It was something, I think it was Rami. I take that back. I think it was Rami or something like that. Not like Remy, but Rami. And uh, he basically comes, <laughs> this manager comes nine hours. I sat there for nine fucking hours sitting outside shooting shit with the people who live there like smoking cigarettes like a fucking like a fucking uh, criminal <laughs> i shouldn't have said that like i'm in prison that's the word i guess criminals are in prison but not all criminals smoke cigarettes so i take that back sitting there just like waiting for this dude and he finally comes he doesn't even say sorry and it's this little like smelly guy this little smelly guy with all this like chest hair very hairy but he also is wearing like a really nice crisp white shirt and he looks very much like a youth pastor but he's just like he's just like oh yeah i've just been driving around all day i'm like bruh what the fuck have you been doing like i don't understand why you've been i was it was probably 11 p.m at night and he goes so you're looking for a room and i say yes and he goes it's 28 dollars, and you have to pay up front you also have to pay a deposit which i believe was like a hundred dollars for the week if you wanted to stay a longer amount so this is already taking a lot out of my budget i thought i was going to be spending 28 dollars. i was really spending 130 for a week so or for the first day for the first day it's 130 then it's 30 dollars every single day so then so then this is a super long story i'm so sorry but you can follow me on instagram at rj the magic can by the way rj the magic can because this story gets so much better so then i get into the room he goes right here and the rooms have fucking keyboards on them like it's like doo -doo, beep, beep, beep. but they're all super shitty rooms in this really big like post-war house so it's like very curious that they have these keypads and he opens the door and i have a fucking suite I have a suite, it has a couch, it has a kitchen. And then he says, okay, so we ran out of rooms. We have to put you in the kitchen. This bitch wasn't a suite. This was a fucking kitchen. They put me in a kitchen. And when you start to look around, there's literally flies everywhere. There are pots and pans everywhere with half-cooked food. There's like this couch that's old with this table with this dude that's sleeping on the couch. There's already someone in the kitchen. And they're like, you have to, <laughs> you have to sleep in the kitchen. 
but we're going to take $3 off. And I was like, $3? But I remembered it was $28. So $3 was really like 10%. (laughs) So he put me in this kitchen, sleeping on the couch where I know I got bed bugs. I was so itchy. It was hysterical how I was in this situation because it was almost like, is this real life? Like, I was like, is this fucking hell where I like it? But I had to remember this shit's $28. This shit was $28. So I'm staying in the kitchen. It's fine. I was sitting there, you know, charging my phone, trying to take a nap, you know, as prisoners do. And this woman comes in and she starts to unwrap like a turkey leg and just starts to eat a turkey leg. And she just is having a conversation with her friend in the kitchen while I'm sitting there napping. And I'm like, this is this is my life. I'm, I'm literally living in a kitchen in Queens for $25 supervised by a man who's wearing a lab coat. And this man brought my luggage to the room. He fixed the plumbing. He was up every single night I got up until like 4 a.m. Like I never saw this motherfucker sleep. Dr. Lab Coat did not sleep. So this is where I stayed for the first 10 days of me being in New York after I stayed with friends. And I stayed at some pretty like bougie places. Like I had like a place I was staying at on the Upper East Side. I had another place I was staying at on the Upper East Side. And I had a place that I was staying at in Astoria, Queens, which is like a really cool area in Queens. And then I get to this place and I was really like hyped because I was like really like, you know, I was living the good life. You know, I was living with like on the East Upper East Side for three days, you know, but that's, that's still cool. You know, on Tinder, you could be like, yeah, I'm with the Upper East Side, you know, or whatever, you know, if you, if you do the Tinder thing, <laughs> if you do the Tinder thing. However, I was now in this new place and it was, if you want to know what kind of place it was, I was talking to this dude named Sal and Sal is in my Instagram highlight because I want you all to know this is real. The guy with the lab coat is real. The $28 hostel is real. All this shit is real. And I was talking to this guy named Sal and Sal is telling me about how he went on a vacation and I didn't realize until halfway through that this vacation was actually prison. He just got out of prison because he had ended up shooting this man and the story of how it went was, yeah, you know, I was I was at home and then and then I walked in and saw my girlfriend with this guy and I looked at him and I was like, so you shit. And so I shot him. And that's the only that's the only way you get in prison, you know. So he shot the dude and I started dying. I was laughing. I was like, dude, this is hilarious. That is baller. And he goes, it ain't funny. And I was like, oh, shit, this is not funny. And he's like, I could have killed him. I'm reformed now. And Sal is like, if you want a description of Sal, Sal is very much like a big Italian dude who like remind me a lot of the purple bear from from Toy Story, I think is the movie. I don't I haven't seen the new one, but I think he just reminds me of that purple bear, or maybe like a hippopotamus or something like that. So he was he was really like very hardcore Jersey, like Italian dude that like and <laughs> shot someone for sleeping with his girlfriend and he he ended up going to prison and he didn't think it was funny but it was it was just a really good time because I met him and he was telling me about his hunter for a job and how he was trying to find a place and then I met this mom who offered me marijuana you know I just, I just said marijuana like an old lady who offered me weed she's like oh yeah like my, my daughter's in college she's really smart like and all these people I kind of wanted to be like how did you get here? Like, I understand why I'm here. I just moved here. But like, how did you guys get here? But I kind of liked this, you know, like anonymous, semi-criminal, sweet life of Zach and Cody vibe because it was like, once I told people I'm a magician, they're like, ooh, show us something. And I kind of became the king of the hostel for a second. You know, like it was just like, it was a really cool place where no one really asked too many questions, but everyone had a story for why they were there. 
So essentially just living here, hanging out with Sal every night, you know, just shooting the shit outside. There's an outside porch area. Everyone that came in thought it was a halfway house. So it was hilarious because people would like deliver packages and they'd be like, hey, uh, I got a package for Wanda at the halfway house. And they're like, you know, this is this is a hostel. And they're like, oh, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and they would like walk away on the phone be like, yeah, so I just went to this fucking halfway house. And that, that shit was like really funny because I'm young. Right. So this is a story for my podcast. But to these people, this is their life. And a lot of these people were there for like a month at a time. So I felt really bad because that shit must be hard. You know, that must be really, really hard. But moving on. Where are we in the story? So we're getting towards the end of my time here. And they give me this flyer. And I want I want you to know that I got sick. I got the flu worse than I ever got it, mainly because New York has some tough germs, I think. And you touch a lot of you touch millions of people's germs a day as compared to the small amount of germs I was touching in Wisconsin, because, you know, there's too many white people there to be touching shit in Wisconsin. So I'm in New York. I'm sick as a fucking dog, had the flu, and I just started my new job, which I will go into in the next podcast. But essentially what had happened was I got this flyer for a barbecue and I was like, a barbecue? And they said, come to our barbecue. It's every Sunday. And I was like, you know, I would come to your barbecue, but I live in your fucking kitchen and that shit's disgusting but they're like no you should come it'll be fun like we have we have food and games it's a community event so it's this legit looking flyer and you know i'm like you know what i'll come and i didn't want to come but they knocked on every single door and made us come i think it was so they could like low-key look through our shit and get us all out there but it doesn't matter because my passport's still here so I go to this barbecue that's in the backyard of this really shitty hostel. And the backyard just happens to be one of the nicest backyards I've ever seen in my life. It's like this canopy with this flat movie screen and a projector with a DJ booth. And then they have these tables and chairs, these really nice like leather chairs. And they have these tea sets. They have these tea sets made of gold and glass. It's like this gold embroidery and glass on the tea sets they have all this nice shit and there's like this like i don't know they were turkish they were turkish so i don't know if you ever had turkish tea but they do that shit up like turkish tea turkish i can't even say it turkish tea is the equivalent of like fried chicken for black people like they did that shit up i am black if you don't if you can't tell so black chicken is something like (laughs) black chicken i'm talking way too fast so fried chicken is something we really cherish in the community i'm trying to say this with a straight face something we really cherish in the community so they had these fucking like little tea sets that were gold and glass like like you're fucking in like alice in wonderland and i was like how the fuck does your backyard look like this but my bed has fucking bed bugs like this is the real question like i don't understand why you have me sleeping in the kitchen but yet you have fine china and it's it's just it was just this really weird party where they made up they made barb like they made turkish food and it was at this barbecue like they made chicken legs they made like meatballs they made a full salad they made all this shit they had tea with tea sets like i already said but i just can't get over these fucking tea sets they made all this shit and then they're like enjoy and we just sit there and eat the food and there's nothing to talk about because like they forced us to come to this barbecue <laughs> and there was no beer. You can't have a fucking barbecue without beer. So it was super awkward sitting there in this nice ass backyard with everyone being like, so how small is your room? Oh, oh, you have a, you have a twin bed. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm in the, I'm sleeping in the kitchen. 
yep, that's my room right there. My room was literally like in the basement outside where we were. So it was, it was highly uneventful. And I ended up just never going back to this barbecue again, leaving this place as fast as possible. I ended up like paying for two extra days, but I ended up just leaving anyway because I found a place. Uh, this is the last part of the story for those of you. It's winding down. I found a place in Harlem. I ended up really liking the Harlem area and I wanted to live there because it's still kind of Manhattan, if you don't know, but it's a little bit further up. And I got to this place in Morningside Heights, which is kind of like the gentrified, bougie version of Harlem. It's like three blocks down. And essentially, I get to this place that I found off Craigslist again, a little bit less sketchy. And it's for a short-term sublease because in New York, it's really hard to find a long-term spot that's nice. So I had to get there. Um, I got there out of a, out of the train, I think. I think I took the train because I didn't have money for an Uber. Because remember, I only have like 100 bucks at this point. Like my, my life's going down. Like I have like very little money. I don't know how I'm paying for food, thinking about selling my body. And as I get to this place, this house, they're like, come in. And I walk in and the first roommate goes, I'm making fresh pound cake. Would you like some pound cake and jam? And I, he's not British. I don't know why I talked like that, but it, that's what it sounded like to me. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck yeah, I want some, some fresh pound cake. You know, I've been eating ramen noodles on a bed bug couch for the last week. And then and then this other roommate, her name is Glynis. This is a real person. Her name is Glynis, bless Glynis, goes, do you want, do you want a cat? And I was like, what? And she goes, look, I have kittens. I'm fostering kittens. <laughs> and I'm like, Are, is this a scam? Like, you guys have to be fake. Like, who's who fosters kittens and makes fresh pound cake on a Thursday? Like, I don't understand. And it was just like a beautiful atmosphere. And there were books in the, in the living room. And it was natural light. And they're like, yeah, we just need someone to sublet this place for a month. And I sublet it for about a month. And that's how I really got on my feet in New York. You know, I have a new place now that's a little bit further away, but it's a great view and I really like it. It's a nice place. I have interesting roommates that might be listening through the walls. So I won't say too much, but they're fucking weird. But that's a story for another day. And then, <laughs> and now I am here living in Harlem in the big city as my friend Jonah would say who listened to the podcast I took a bite out of the big apple and won well not yet I don't know if I won we'll see if I win because you know I barely have a job but I took a bite out of the big apple the hero of Harlem the skinny Luke Cage RJ the magician <laughs> that's what he always says it's really funny but um shout out Jonah but uh, yeah, that's my story. That's how I got to New York. That's how I stayed in the legal hostel with this dude named Sal who shot this dude. And I stayed with a bunch of other interesting characters who might make an appearance in some future stories. But this is a story to let you know that it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> like, if you would have told me that when I moved here, the week I moved here when I had no job, no money, and when I had no friend, I had a few friends, I had no job, no money, nowhere to stay. If you would have told me that I'd end up with a really nice place that I really like with a job as the director of the Houdini Museum at the age of 23 in the New York Times and all the biggest like news publications in New York within like three months of me living here, I would have said you're fucking crazy. And the things that are going to come, I'm just, I'm just excited because 
I'm excited because I'm in talks with so many people about you know, doing so many cool things. And I hope this isn't the the podcast I listened back on when I was super excited about having my own Netflix show or having my own like blah, 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 or going on this show because I really do think this shit's going to pan out. And I hope it does. So I'm putting it out there into the universe. But I'm definitely going to make a podcast about how I was able to get in the New York Times after living here for literally like two months i'm definitely gonna make a podcast about all the fucking crazy dates i went on because there's been some crazy i I realized that i had to start dating when i came to new york because i never really had a girlfriend i want to like i wanted wanted to find somebody that could kind of share my life with and i've met some really interesting people and some had some really fucking weird date experiences that i'm ready to uh to divulge and I have some interesting work experiences. People that I meet at my job as the director of the Houdini Museum, every single day, you never know who's gonna fucking walk in who's a weird Houdini fan, like former head of the CIA, John McLaughlin. I do have a story for that, we'll tell it later. However, this is the end of the podcast. It's the end of the road. Sorry, it's time to go home. Hope you guys enjoyed this. This was really like just a rant. This was a long, I barely took a breath. And I don't even know if this shit was funny, but like not every podcast has to be funny. Sometimes it can just be informative. So I hope you had fun listening. I will post as soon as I can, as much as I can. And I'm getting this brand new microphone. So I'll be sounding crispy soon. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. The I Hate Everyone podcast. This is RJ. Thanks for listening.